my first car, um, I think well, hopefully we get it on the screen here. It's uh, a 1972 AMC Hornet. I think we're going to have it, hopefully. Maybe not. It was uh, a really, I, I thought it was an awesome car. It had four doors, um, had a 232 slant V6 or a slant six cylinder engine with a three on the tree transmission. And if I asked how many of you knew what a three on the tree was, probably, probably very few of you, if any of you probably knew what that was, but maybe we can't get the picture of it. Uh, three on the tree transmission was a column, a column standard, like instead of having your standard on the floor, your, your gear shift was on the, on the steering wheel. And it was basically where your windshield wiper is right now on most vehicles, on the right-hand side of your steering wheel. And it was an H that was kind of, like an H is usually like this. It was kind of slanted sideways, so it was on the column. So first year was down, second was up and down, and then third was straight down, and reverse was back and up. And so that was, that was my first car. Uh, it was a beautiful car. She had a, a small trunk, but it drove like a dream. It was, it was, she was awesome to drive. And um, my second, but the only thing with my, my car was that, and I don't, I don't have a picture of it here, but the car actually had a, um, had a brown door. It was a blue car, baby kind of steely blue car with a brown door. And uh, so that was not so good. And, uh, but hey, it worked. It got me to school and back. My second car was a 1973 Olds Omega with a 350 rocket in it. Now, the 350 rocket basically says a lot, that it, was, it, it could go fast. Not that I would know. Well, maybe I did try it a little bit. But uh, it, 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 it was a nice car. She, she was really drove smooth, all that kind of stuff. It was just a beautiful car. I was sad to let that one go. It was red with a white soft top on the back with there's a hatchback. Now, bit of a gas guzzler, but she was so awesome to drive in. Bench seat. Took my took Vange on dates in that car. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. Now you probably noticed that I referred to the car as a she, and I don't think anybody probably took offense at it, or maybe even noticed that I even said that. But we often refer to vehicles and ships and planes as she. We refer to them in the, in the feminine uh, pers persona. And even though all these objects are inanimate, somehow we still attach some kind of a relationship with them and we identify with them as, in this case, particularly female. Very, very few objects we actually label as a he. I'm not sure why that is, but we often, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Well, I won't even go there with that. <laughs> I could put, put myself in deep trouble if I said something there that might offend somebody. But I don't, I'll just say I don't know why, okay? Um, but anyways, we often relate to them as, as people. As, as, as in that kind of way. I don't know if you've ever watched, how many of you have ever seen the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? Any of you seen that movie? It was back a few years ago. It was, it was a movie about Tom Hanks and he was um, basically was in an airplane, uh, a FedEx airplane, and he was traveling I think to Malaysia or somewhere and the plane crashed in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And he was the only survivor, ended up on a, on a deserted island all by himself for four years. He was all by himself. He was cast away on an island for four years. And he had nobody, 
nobody with him. Well, I shouldn't say he didn't have anybody with him, but he did have one person or, or somebody he related to. And do, do any of you remember who he was that he talked to? Wilson, that's right. And Wilson was a volleyball. Now, I don't know if we have a picture of him either. No, I guess we don't get the pictures today. But the picture of him was, it was a, a volleyball, and it had a handprint on it, a red handprint, because he had gotten some blood on it, smeared on it, and he put us, he turned it into a smiley face or into a face. And that was, for four years, that was his only friend that he had. In the movie, he sets out on a raft, and as he's going off, he takes Wilson with him. And due to some unseen circumstances, Wilson gets thrown off the raft, into the water, and we see Tom Hanks swimming with all of his might, trying to pull his raft with him to try and catch up to Wilson because Wilson is floating away from him. And when Wilson leaves and is gone, Tom Hanks is just heartbroken. He just weeps and weeps and weeps because he lost the only friend that he had. A volleyball, gone. And when I watched that movie, I thought... Man, if I was in his place, I probably would have done exactly the same thing. Identified, connected myself with something, and tried to have some form of com com communication with it. Now, as a Christian, I mean, God is always there, and I can always talk to God. But somehow, when, when, when you don't believe in God, or you don't think God exists, you find things to, to believe in, to trust in, to have a conversation with. And so to lose somebody is huge. Now, I know when you were a child or even as a teen and even as an adult, we always want people, and we want people to have a relationship with them. We, don't want, we want to have them as a friend, and, and we don't want to be hurt by them. We don't want to be isolated or, or, or lose them in some way. We want to be created and connected to them. We, we were created to be in a relationship. We were connected. Uh, we were created to be connected. And so we're starting a new series called Better Together brand new series that's talking about relationships. Relationship with God, relationship with people, and how we need to work together. Josh set us up really well when he talked about making room for God, because we, we need God in our life, and we'll talk more about that. But from the very beginning, from the get-go, in the moment of creation, God created us to have a, have a relationship with Him. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis 2, 18, the verse says, The Lord God said... It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God recognized that when Adam was alone, he needed, he was designed, that it wasn't a good thing. That we were designed to be in human relationship. Now, very few people can live alone. I mean, very few. Probably, I don't know, 99% of us need people around us. Maybe there's 1%, I don't know. I, I mean, I had a co-worker who was an extreme introvert, a, a friend, co-worker that I worked with, and he always joked, he, he joked, he said, you know, give me a pile of books and put me in jail and I'd be happy camper. I remember him saying that to me. But guess what? He did get married, and uh, he's got three kids, and two of those are twins. So like, he had a set of twins, right? So you can imagine the kind of creativity and chaos that that created, just having that kind of, having twins in the household, the challenges of that. And yet, as much as of an introvert as he is, he still longed to be in relationship. Yet much of our daily energies are often focused on, on doing things alone. 
I mean, some sports we do alone, like maybe, you know, snowboarding or skiing or something like that, we do alone. But, but don't we like to do that even with others? Don't we like to say, hey, I'm going skiing or snowboarding, why don't you come along? Most of us won't say, I'm going to go snowboarding and skiing all by myself. Some people will. I, actually, I, I, I do know of somebody who likes to go off, another friend of mine, good friend of mine, he likes to go off by himself and just does, goes, goes to a movie all by himself because he just needs space away from everybody. But that's because he's with a lot of people. But usually when it comes to sports, things like that, we, even snowboarding or skiing, it's better to do it with people. Drive to the hill or so on. It's, it's, more, it's, fun. it's, it's a lot more fun to do it with others. Most sports that we enjoy are team sports. They're, doing with, they're, they're more than just with one person. You know, and even to watch sports. We love to watch with friends. It's, it's more fun to watch with friends. I mean, that's why stadiums get packed. Because people want to go. They want to they gather together in an environment where they can, they can feel the energy of the people around them, the excitement and the loss and the, the brokenness and the crying if the team loses or whatever. They, they want to feel that. They want to do it together. And so they, they stand in the bleachers and they cheer and they weep and they cry and they yell all together. And there's something about it. Even watching sports alone, it's always better to watch, you know, on your TV. It's always better to watch it with someone else. There's something, there's a, you have that engagement there that happens that's just so good to have. Even, you know, when we think of people, people often think about, you know, um, a lot of people don't like living in a rural environment um, because they feel isolated. They're, they, and, and yet even when they move in the city, sometimes we feel alone, even though the city is bursting with people. I've talked to many seniors, and uh, many seniors, they, they, they get fearful about getting old because getting old means not having anybody around because they are alone. I know my mom and my dad have talked about a number of their friends had passed away, and, and, and it gets lonely when your friends that you have had for so many years now all of a sudden, excuse me, just start, start passing away. And we live in a city oftentimes because we don't want to be alone. And as much as we sometimes don't want to be around people, we still want people around us. That's kind of a funny thing. We all need people. We need those who can be there for us. We want to be seen. We want people to give us, you know, to, to, to give us uh, priority in our, their lives. We, we want to be heard. You know, we're kind of schizophrenic in that when it comes to people. I don't know if you notice that, but sometimes we have this love-hate relationship with people. And from the, from the moment of creation, we were created to be in relationship, yet when sin happened, one of the first places that it really took a huge effect was in the relationship department. I'm not talking about relationship with God here. I'm talking about relationship between people. We see Adam and, you know, right away when Adam and Eve sinned, Guess what? Everybody started blaming everybody else. They started pointing the finger at the other person. But it got darker very quickly after the garden, after, they, after sin entered the world. It became very, very dark. Things developed, digressed into jealousy and envy and anger and bitterness and murder. Genesis chapter 4, verse 8, the, the first two brothers that were in, in the world, Cain and Abel, and we know the story. 
Um, and in Genesis 4, 8, it says, And now Cain said to his brother, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. I mean, it got bad. The relationships got bad. Divided. Even brothers divided and were opposing to one another. Become a, it became a competition. And how quickly the perfect parents, Adam and Eve, had to deal with the, the, this incredible thing called murder. Like their own son. One murdered the other son. Wow. I mean, I, I can't even hardly fathom that. And not many of us have to deal with that. But we all know how in families we start dealing with all kinds of issues between siblings, don't we? Jealousy, fear. That's, this is my toy. You've got my toy. I want it. You have it. Because you have it, I want I mean, you know, they got more to eat than I did. You're, you're the favorite Son, or you're the favorite child of mom and dad. I mean, there's all kinds of things that create divisions within families. And we get things like jealousy and fear and hatred and selfishness and all those things. Divisions and factions just break us apart as people, both within families and even in within the body of Christ as churches. And we were created to be connected, but now, you know, we're struggling to be connected because of the, all the, the differences that we have with one another and how quickly things divide us. Even with Cain, even though he couldn't get along with his brother, he still wanted community. Can you believe that? That even though he killed his brother, he still wanted community. Because if we look at Genesis 4, 17, it says, Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. And Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. He wanted to keep people together. Maybe he wanted to control them. I don't know what his motivation was. But he still built a city because he wanted people to get, he wanted, he wanted people around him. As much as he didn't like his brother, he wanted people around him. We see later in Genesis they had a, they, um, that the, the people that were living had a dream. And the dream was to come together and stay together. And so first they found a place big enough to live. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 2, it says, As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They found a big enough place that they could all gather together in one place, and they said, Let's live here. And then Genesis 11:4 says, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens that we can make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Their coming together was about them. About self-reliance, a willingness to defy and seek to live without God and not to be divided. divided. They elevated their relationship with each other and with their families over their relationship with God. And they said, we can do it alone. We don't need God. The very thing that they wanted to try to do, which was to keep them together, God says, okay, if that's how you're going to be, you don't want me. I'm going to separate you. And so in Genesis 11:8 it says, So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. He gave them different languages, different, different ethnic groups, different backgrounds, and that's how we have today. So many variations is because God knew that if we all came together, we would make it all about us as human beings, and we would leave him out. So there's this... There's this division that happens with people 
isolation from God that comes about as we try to, to manipulate and control ourselves and, and control our environment around us and, and make things happen the way we want. You see, we were designed to be connected, created to be connected with others and with God, but so many times we fail at it because we don't know how to do it right. Even our relationship with God. In Genesis 3, verses 8 and 10, it says, Then man and his, and his wife heard the, the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from God. They hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them, called to the man, and he says, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. We were designed to be connected in relationship, both with God and with people, yet sin separates us, completely separates us. So the big question is, what's keeping us from being connected as people? Well, one of the big, the first things is fear of people. Fear. Fear is a big factor. Fear of so many things. Fear of people, fear of being seen, fear of being transparent with people around us, fear of people knowing who we really are, fear of what maybe I have done, my own weaknesses. Um, others, you know, maybe fear that others will get more than what I will get, um, which leads then more to competition is another factor that divides us, and pride of not performing well, especially, you know, in, in, in the, some of the cultures we've been raised in, some of the families we've been raised in, we've been raised to be top performers, to be the best in our class, to do the very best we can. And if we aren't the best, sometimes our, our parents, sometimes our families look down on us. And so we have to perform. We have to be the best. We have to be as the best that we can be. And if we aren't, it just it tears us apart on the inside because of expectations of people around us. Time is another thing that divides us. You know, we, we get busy doing things. There's, there's a thousand things to do. A thousand different things to do. And, and, and we never have enough time to get them done. Another thing that divides us is pleasure. People around us, you know, are, we look around us and we're going, well, so-and-so is having a great time, man. They're having so much fun doing that, whatever that sin is, in, indulging in themselves in that. And, you know, I could really use a, a good dose of fun, but and that looks so much fun. But it's not really what God wants me to do, but maybe I should because I need that. So pleasure can sometimes divide us from God and, and from people because sometimes pleasure doesn't really stack up to the way it was intended to be. Or sometimes we get divided or we, 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 we don't turn to God is because we look and we're going, God just doesn't seem to be answering my prayers. He just doesn't seem to be there for me. I don't know what to do. I, I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray and God doesn't answer. And so we're going, I'm going to give up on God. I'm just going to push him away. I don't know what to do. Sad part is sometimes most of the things that divide us are stuff that we, we deal with, our own issues. Yeah, there's, there's other things outside of us that deal with things, things like the pandemic, um, things that you know, that kind of separates us and divides us up and makes it hard and we got to learn new ways of connecting with God or, you know, in worship and because we can't necessarily gather in the same, all together in the same place or we're nervous or fearful about gathering together. 
Sometimes there's things that like that will separate us even from meeting in small groups because we're, again, restrictions and so on can limit us in huge ways. And yet at the same time, the question comes, well, what does that mean for me? How do I connect? And those are some of the questions that we're going to try and talk about over this, this, this next, this next, as we jump into this series about, about connecting and about relationships and about better together. What does that mean, better together? How can we be better together as people? How can we be better together when we're with God? But that's really what it's like. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to try my best to address some of the issues of, of, of the things that divide us and how can, what do we really need as people? What are our real needs as people? If we're really des- designed, if we're really created to be connected, how, do, how can we do that? And it's not just I'm saying we need to be connected on a Sunday morning. That's, that's one piece of the puzzle. There's so many other ways we can do that. But we need to be connected somehow. And I think one of the powerful lessons we learn from the movie of Castaway is, is really, and even from the, and, and, and from the book of Genesis, is that God designed us to be connected to one another. And somehow we've got to figure that out in the middle of the pandemic. We've got to do it differently. Yesterday, as I mentioned in, in the opening in our announcements, uh, some of us in the leadership team met to discuss how can we do a better job of connecting our people. And we're just starting to scratch the surface of that. We haven't got to really to that big issue. But because we, we feel that so many of our people are disconnected, so many people are disjointed, so many people are, are caught up with so many different things, distractions and so on, and, and some of them are good. There's nothing wrong with family. There's nothing wrong with being careful. There's nothing wrong with these distractions. But somehow we've got to find our way, finding a new normal. We, I, I know I heard many people tell me, a year ago, well, we're going to wait till things get back to normal. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's ever going to be a normal again, the way we know it once new normal. It, it's just not going to happen. We're going to be living with, you know, things like masks for a while. We're going to be living with restrictions for a while. We're going to be living with uh, all kinds of stuff to do with the pandemic. And if it's not this pandemic, it'll be another one that we're nervous about. Uh, maybe colds or something else that'll come up. You know, we're, there's so many things that will cause us to trip up, and somehow in the middle of that, we got to figure out how to do life, life with one another. We got to know how to figure out how to do, how to how to to be together as the kingdom and as the church of God. Somehow, some form, some method, some technology, some way, we got to do it together, because that's how that's who God created us to be. I think of having been in, in China and noticing how fearful people are to gather together. And yet they do everything they can to find means and ways of gathering together as people, even to the point of allowing their own life to be on the line, of ending up in jail. They're desperate for God. They're desperate for community. They're desperate for connection with one another. And somehow in these days, we've got to figure that, those parts of it out. And how do we do life in the midst of this pandemic? How do we do life in the midst of restrictions? How can we do life safely and the way that God wants us to? How can we connect with people? We need to be connected. 
I don't have, I don't have necessarily, like I said, I don't have all the answers. Today was kind of an introduction, just going, this is important to us. It's important to our spiritual welfare. It's important to our spiritual and mental welfare. Even to our physical welfare, we need to be connected. We need other people around us. And if you're, if you're struggling with your connection with God, be honest with Him. That's the first thing I'll say today. Um, be honest with Him. God is okay if you're struggling in your faith, if you're struggling in your relationship with Him. He's okay. He's, he, he's not offended. Just be honest with Him and say, God, I need you to help me. Show me how to get back on track. Show me how to seek you. Show me how to know you. And do the same thing in your relationships with people. How do we connect with people? How can we grow together? How can we encourage each other? How can we pray for one another? How can we help one another in these days? God designed us from the moment of creation. He looked at us and said, people need people. You can't live alone. God lives in community. Did you know that? God lives in community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He lives in, in this incredible community of the three of them interwoven together. And God loves us in an amazing way because he, he, he created us to be like himself in, the, in his need for community. Let's seek God and ask him to help us find ways of connecting, of helping find ways of connecting with him and with others. We need that so much more in these days as we face the challenges of this pandemic that we're facing. Let's pray together. God, we're here. Uh, we want to make room for you. We sang that song earlier. And so, God, today we, we want to, to, to confirm that. We want to seek you. We don't know how to make that happen in the midst of these restrictions. There's no real easy way of doing it. Maybe we've let relationships slide that could have been good relationships for us. Maybe we've let our relationship with you slide a little bit, and so we're, we're not sure how to get back in, into the groove of that, into the routine of, of deepening our walk with you or deepening our relationship with other people and allowing them to speak into our lives. God, we, we just ask for you to speak. We need you to lead us and guide us. We long for you, Jesus, to come. And we pray these things now in your name.